You are listening to the Brand Architect Podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hey, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Brand Architect Podcast. I'm really happy that you're here watching or listening to the show. It's yet another one. Uh, Today, we're going to talk a lot about LinkedIn, and I've got a person who knows about it inside out. So I think we're going to dive into the details and are going to talk about the platform and why it may be the best place to be at at the moment. So without further ado, uh, let's have our guest over. Andy, welcome. Andy Foodies are here. Hello, Annie. How are you? Fine, thanks. Thanks for coming over. I really appreciate that. Uh, and uh, I'm sure we're going to have an interesting conversation and, and cover the platform and its strategies inside out. <laughs> yes, I'll do my best. You ask the questions and I'll do my best to answer them with my uh, the, full, the full breadth uh, and depth of my knowledge, such as it is. Okay, cool. So uh, I was just before we started, I was telling Andy that LinkedIn hasn't really been a place that I actually uh, uh, planned to be at. And I never thought I would be so active on LinkedIn. But these days, it's one of the platforms that I spend most time at compared to the others. Uh, and it's changing. It's changing a lot and quite fast. So um what was your experience with LinkedIn? When did you start actually using it actively and why? Yeah, so I think um, I began in 08. Uh, so I, you know, by no means was I a, a, an early, early user because I think it started in, I want to say, 03, 04, something like that. So I was a little bit late. But 08 is when I first started to get interested. I thought, oh, hold on a second, what is this? Hmm, mm-hmm. access to a global community of professionals. That's interesting. And at that time in my life, it was perfect because I was a stay-at-home father. So okay. I, I was looking after my little one and enjoying, you know, see her progress and, and, and doing all that good stuff. Uh, and then, you know, in addition, I was learning everything I could about LinkedIn. And I actually started with LinkedIn groups. That was the thing that um, I started to, to wrestle with. And, and again, that blew my mind, you know, apart from access to all of these professionals all over the world uh you know 24 7 the fact that i could actually build my own communities um Mm -hmm. with relative ease so whatever i wanted to build a community around uh, i could do that and then people actually joined and coalesced and actually spent time in these in these groups what this is crazy this is so cool so uh, i was very very uh intent on on building groups at the time i think i could um it was a maximum of 10, and some of them weren't growing fast enough for me, Annie. So uh, <laughs> some I would actually gift. I would pick someone in the group. I would ask if anyone was interested, and, and I would basically gift that group that I created to that person. And oh, for, wow. all, for all I know, those groups are now, you know, mega groups or still going strong, and it, they're, you know, the groups that, that basically I started. Uh, so I still have groups, and I have uh, between, I think, 55 and 60,000 people in those groups uh, in aggregate uh, across all all manner of topics. Uh, my biggest one is alternative dispute resolution. As an ex-lawyer, I've always been interested in mediation and ADR. So that was mm-hmm. kind of a no-brainer for me to start. Uh, that's, um, that's my biggest. 
And then the smallest group, you know, at one point I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I was very much involved in the British American Business Council. So I started mm -hmm. one. I started one up there just, you know, for us to, to get together virtually. So, yeah, groups is where I started my LinkedIn education. Uh, that's how I got to know how the platform works. Okay, makes sense. So uh, in the beginning, yeah, I mean, the groups, uh, do you think the groups on LinkedIn worked kind of uh, maybe better or were healthier, so to speak, because everyone had their names and faces behind the profiles? Uh, did that have any difference um, when you are comparing other groups on other platforms? Yeah, so you mean in terms of um, ability to see who was a, a member of the groups or do you mean the discussions themselves? How do you mean? I mean, yeah, I mean, because, you know, on LinkedIn, usually people are not really hiding behind kind of avatars, behind nicknames and, yes. you know, you, you know who you're talking to. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's undoubtedly a factor. Understanding, you know, who's also in the room, um, but but LinkedIn, um, you know, back in the day, they let you, and uh, they still do actually. You can now have unlisted groups. So if you do a search on a particular group and it's unlisted, then no one can find it. Only members of the group know it exists. So there is still that facet. But um, a previous incarnation of of LinkedIn groups, you could actually have a subgroup as part of a group. And then that could be entirely private. So only people in that subgroup would know about it. And that was actually quite useful, a useful device if you wanted to take things, uh, you know, in a private oh, yeah. private chat area. That was quite powerful, uh, depending on, you know, the, the purposes of the group. So, yeah, full full identity, uh, I think, is a, is a good thing in terms of LinkedIn, knowing who you're, who you're speaking with. And then yeah. knowing, the, knowing the rules of the game, you know, um, understanding that if a group is uh, – let's say confidential and it's unlisted, then no one takes screenshots of anything said uh, in the group and shares that uh, elsewhere, right? So those kind of, um, you know, tacit understanding of, of you know, what, 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 um, what, what goes and what doesn't go in a group. Okay, I see. So from 2008 until now, I think LinkedIn platform has changed a lot. And, uh, uh, oh, yeah. you know, in terms of, features, functionality, maybe even at some point, like, you know, uh, the types of the active user base as well, right? Mm. Now it's kind of transitioning uh, now into something more social, I would say, probably, at least from the outside impression. That's why many, many of us have been using LinkedIn profiles as, as our resumes or, you know, just yeah. a static thing that was never changing. You just, you know, it was changing only when we were changing jobs, right? Mm. Um, so now people are starting changing their activities on LinkedIn and the way they actually use LinkedIn. Yes. Um, so what has been the major changes since since the beginning like what are the things that have changed a lot since the beginning wow i mean there are so many changes annie um i could probably speak for two hours if i went through each individual change uh, there have been lots of change i think the biggest change um certainly and i'm not sure if, if you've seen this or not because uh, you already shared with me that you've uh, kind of been very active on linkedin for uh, four months or so but yeah. in, in the last 18 months for sure uh linkedin has become a lot a lot like Facebook in terms yeah. of, you know, the, the content that you see on the platform. Which uh, annoys many people these days, right? They are like, no, yeah. it's not a Facebook. Why are you using it oh, that way? I've, you know, I have yeah. those. 
Absolutely. And I was I was part of that initial reaction. My initial reaction was, no, please, please stop with the cat videos. Um, you know, please, please stop with the, the, the oversharing, the aspirational stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but but there, there are a couple of things here. Number one, it's happening. There's, it's a train. You can't stop that train. It's, it's going to happen. Uh, and number two, LinkedIn is um, LinkedIn is is is. I think a different tool for different people, right? It's it's whatever you want to get out of it, um, yeah. then then people will take take from it or use it in that way. So this is just the I think the innate variety of the platform. It's actually a good thing to have all of those different kinds of content, right? To to feed everyone uh, mm -hmm. within within the ecosystem. So there's always something for everyone. Uh, I think is the second point. And frankly, number three, you know, if you're used to uh, more professional content, right? If you're used to just uh, strictly value add content, then it's still there. It's not like that's gone yeah. away because other kinds of content are there too. So you just have to focus on your lane, keep doing what you do, and, and um, filter your feed. Probably, yeah, yeah. E exactly. Yeah. You know, that's that's what the, the 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 new adjustment to the algorithm, right? The dwell uh, time tweak. That's what that's all about. You know, we can we can uh, perhaps talk about that. But in terms of changes, um, you know, since '08. That's the thing about LinkedIn, and that's one reason that you know I, I so far have not written a book. Is that as soon as I write a book sharing what I know, right? You've guessed you it. You have to update it. it. it I have, yeah. have to update it with you know yeah. twenty or so, and they're not they're not. I mean, they're not all big changes, but even the small changes. As an author, you want to be correct and you want to be up to yeah. date, and you don't want to be using screenshots that are suddenly what's this because i don't see that on linkedin anymore so oh, that, yeah. that, that's definitely a challenge i think for all authors particularly with linkedin and i think linkedin does that on purpose you know they they make all of these changes some are minor and they mm -hmm. don't they don't herald them they don't they don't communicate these changes they don't say okay we've changed this and that's just been their 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 mo the modus operandi that's the way they do it and it's up to people like me and other people in the LinkedIn coaching community to actually point out, okay, this has changed. Uh, and, and, you know, my approach has always been not merely to address the change and to say this has changed, but to understand the why, right? Understand why has it changed. I think that's the sweet spot often in terms of your learning and how to best uh, you know, leverage the platform is if you understand the why behind the change, not necessarily you know, it's binary. It's okay. It's changed. Um, yeah. Or it hasn't changed, right? It's why has it changed? Where's the tr and that's why my blog is called Linked Insights because I, I want to go deeper than you know the, than the usual. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, my observations about LinkedIn is uh, even four months ago when I just started, it's it was easier to gain organic reach and, and exposure versus any other platform that I had tried so far. And, wow. and probably the reason is uh, it feels like, you know, it's the only platform that has this, this balance between co consumer, you know, content creators and content consumers. It feels like, you know, on this platform, there are more consumers than creators. So apparently it's kind of, an, it's easier somehow to, to, get and find your own audience is that the right impression that i'm getting yeah so i, I think so because uh, i mean it, it is easy to find your audience uh but it does take time so yeah. and then 
you know, it's not it's not as if I, I I specialize in social media and content strategy across all of the channels. I stay in my lane. So I'm a I'm definitely a LinkedIn specialist. So I may not you know be as well informed about publishing elsewhere, Twitter mm-hmm. or Facebook, wherever that is. So that's that's the first caveat. Well, that's that's the, that's the caveat. But um, I, I've been using a, a favorite expression uh, for a couple of a couple of uh, days now, and it's I'm an overnight success that took ten years. Oh, yeah. So, so in other words, you know, you may see people um, on the platform who are you know apparently doing really well in terms of reach uh, and and engagement, and it seems like every post they write. They, you know, they are getting, uh, they are getting a tribe to come and coalesce around their content, and it, and it, yeah. it, it looks great. I think what you don't see, Annie, is that the, the, the sort of the build up right to that level of success. Yeah. I don't think you see that because, you know, let's say when I was just starting, um, you know, I, I would get crickets. Uh, I would get no, I would get no traction, and the algorithm would would, would seemingly hate my stuff. So that's a cha- <laughs> that that's a challenge, right? Or maybe my content stinks, right? Maybe it's so bad that it, it just didn't it didn't win the game, uh, the, the the publishing game. So I think you need to have a long term view, you know. Particularly, you know, you you'll relate to this just as you started podcasting. Right, six years ago, when podcasting was still in its infancy, and yeah. people would say, "Well, why are you doing that?" And you, you knew why you were doing it because you saw the upside. You saw that it was going to be, uh, it was going to be an amazing channel uh, for you know your 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 growth and, and your professional um, objectives. So, uh, similarly, you, you need to have the same approach with LinkedIn publishing. It is going to take time. But it can pay off in a big way if you find your groove, if you find your audience, and your stuff is good enough to actually get people to continually come to you. So, you know, the, yes, you have to feed the algorithm. You have to understand how the algor- algorithm works. But you also need to build up this social interest, this uh, social capital, right, that you um, may spend or you may store, but you always, always appreciate people who come to you uh, day in, day out. Because they are mm-hmm. the folks that actually uh, they feed the algorithm. Their engagement is is what I call jet jet fuel for the algorithm. Without engagement, you could be the best writer in the world, but if you're writing in a vacuum, if no one is listening to you or paying attention, yeah. then actually you're invisible, and that's absolutely that's that's a disheartening. It's a very frustrating position to be in. Um, you know, I'm going to be speaking with a client um, probably tomorrow, and we're going to talk about well. What, what's happening to her reach? Why? Why? Mm. Why all of a sudden has it gone down? What's happening? We'll be troubleshooting, and I'll be coming up with some techniques of, okay, have you tried this? Uh, and analyzing, trying to figure out what's going on. Okay, sounds good. So, so let's let's go back into into the beginning. Let let's just you know put put ourselves in the shoes of someone who is just starting and 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 gets into the platform and and obviously in the beginning, I, I don't I don't think even even really good quality added value, content, whatever you're putting out there, if you're just starting, it's going to be crickets. It's It will take time for people to actually notice you. So yeah. um, 
And sometimes the reason that it's you're getting crickets is maybe because your content doesn't resonate, the topics or the style or whatever it is. So how do you find out? How do you actually discover? How do you experiment in order to understand whether it's something wrong with what you're doing and you shouldn't keep doing it exactly the same way? Or, you know, you're doing it right. It just needs a bit of time to, to push through it and, and then the results will be coming. Yeah, I, I think you answered the. I think you answered your own question. It's all about experimentation and understanding. Okay. It's it's kind of like a, a golf swing, right? If it, there are so many different facets to to LinkedIn publishing that you need to make sure that they're all working correctly for you to hit that ball straight or where you want to hit it, and you've got to keep making those those minor tweaks, those minor adjustments until you basically get the ball as far down the course as you as you possibly mm. can. And so uh, it, it's, it is a process of experimentation. It's, okay, um, this, this got crickets. Why? Why did it get crickets? Do I understand why? Don't, don't proceed until you understand or you have an idea of why. Then change something. Do something different in the next post and then see what happens. If, if you get more engagement, more reach, then clearly something's worked. Right. So you've got it's got to be a process of observing what's happening, try to understand why, and then continue to experiment, continue to tweak until you, you see improvements. I think that's that's the basic process. I think there are other fundamental things like understanding um, you know, what your voice is. So uh, the, the biggest realization for me as a writer was um, my early stuff was crap. Right. It, it was it was not good. It was it was weak. I was more in love with the words than the, the message. And mm -hmm. I decided I think I read something that basically said, hey, to be a good writer, you should essentially write how you speak. And that yeah. was the light bulb moment for me, because what that what enabled uh, that to happen was that I could essentially write how I speak. And then my my voice, my my uh, my true voice came over. And my personality came over in, in my writing. And so my personality is, um, is research-based. It's um, maybe a, a bit of snark. You know, I like, I like to put some humor in if I feel, if I feel something is foolish or, or doesn't make any sense. Um, and I, I also don't, you know, I want to get straight to the point. I understand that time mm -hmm. is precious. So I want to give my readers the, the values as, as quickly as I can. So these are some of the components of, you know, what a, an Andy Foot, uh, post or, or an article might look like. So it's all about value. It's, 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 work, it's being concerned about time. And then it's injected my personality. Uh, take it or leave it. Some people might think, you know, oh, I don't like this guy. Some people might think, yeah, he's, he's, he's quite funny. Um, I might tune in next time. So uh, find your own voice is, is a fundamental, I think. Another aspect I would encourage uh, people who are just starting to write on LinkedIn to think about, uh, and, and in fact do, is to reverse engineer, right? It's not like there's a lack of great content out there that you can then look at and analyze and then decide for yourself, so why is this good? You know, why did this person get this high amount of engagement, right? Was it the, mm -hmm. was it, was it the content? Was it the way the content was written? How much of that has to do with the author's voice, right? Um, and then, yeah. and then reverse engineer. Then, then try and replicate that in a way that makes sense for you, in an authentic way for you, right? So you're not just copying and pasting. You're putting it in your own in your own words, um, and then see if that changes if that changes things for you. If if, if you start to get more success, uh, mm -hmm. what success might mean to you, right? If success is great engagement, good. 
right? If if success means getting more comments than 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 reactions than likes, great, right? But decide what success means for you as well. Yeah, makes sense. Absolutely. So um, you mentioned engagement a yes. lot, and and I I truly believe that uh, engagement is way more important than the reach because you may be. You know, you may be seen by many people, but if those people are not, uh, you know, resonating with your content and are not really relevant in terms of who you want to reach, um, it doesn't really make sense, right? So, um, but there is this thing going on a lot and I've been debating about it and we've been discussing it a lot, uh, engagement posts on, on LinkedIn, which is, you know, it's not anything exclusive to LinkedIn. Engagement posts have been around for, you know, on, on all these different platforms as well. Uh, it's basically, as far as I understand, the main purpose is to trick the algorithm in order to get the required minimum traction. So then, you know, it just shows it to more people. Um, so my deep my personal debate is um, I think it kind of distorts the real picture of the real engagement because then you, you yeah. know you have to filter out the you know the pod participants. Uh, the pod participants end up being forced to comment on 10, 15 posts a day, which ends into comments like great job, thanks for sharing, and all these things that don't really add value yeah. to the conversation. Um but on the other hand, you know, sometimes you're thinking like, okay, you know, I created this thing. I truly believe that, you know, it would be worth that more people know about it. Just because I'm not using a pod, you know, it won't go so far. And, you know, even if it's kind of not a very good quality co- comments, if I get six, seven of those, then, you know, uh, the, the real ones will be coming in. So what is your feeling about the pods? How do you view them? Yeah. So I, you know, we were talking about experimentation uh, earlier. Uh, I, I very much believe in experimentation. So uh, in that spirit of experimentation, I um, I actually ran, I set up two pods. Um, and it, I think, you know, they weren't actually called pods at the time. Um, and I just, because I had, I had uh, 50 or so people in a Slack group who I, you know, I greatly admired, and I thought their work was terrific. Uh, but they were all they were in different uh, disciplines, right? Some were, were career transition folks, some were resume experts, some were LinkedIn trainers like myself, and a few other disciplines sprinkled in. And they all wrote uh, on LinkedIn consistently. So I said, okay, let's try this. Let's get together, and then let's let's just um, amalgamate. Let's put. You know, our forces mm-hmm. together, and in fact, you know, our audiences together, because that's that's actually what you're trying to do with a pod, is to try yeah. and get your your individual tribe members to to turf up, to to actually um, get that algorithm kickstarted, and to signal to the algorithm that this content may be worthy of further distribution. That's the whole point, and um, it, it was going okay. I, and and I don't think any of us were terrifically impressed, Annie, with uh, the amount of um, good that it was doing. So uh, I don't think, frankly, it was uh, either of those were a success. And the reason that the second one, I, I stopped the first one, I can't remember why, but the reason the second one stopped was um, one of the pod members at the time um, told me that uh, she'd heard that uh, LinkedIn pods were being investigated by LinkedIn. And, ah, as, okay. and as and as soon as I heard that, I said, "Okay, we're out." Um, you know, LinkedIn is my yeah. livelihood, um, and 
actually go back a step. When I heard that, I went to LinkedIn and actually asked and said, so I'm, I, I run a pod. Uh, I understand. I've heard that LinkedIn, that, that they're against the rules. Is that correct? And I was lucky enough to get someone at LinkedIn to specifically say, yes, Andy, uh, they contravene this. And I think, I forget, I think it was 9.4 or 9.2 of the user agreement, which specifically says that um, gaming, right, is forbidden. Any kind of gaming, the algorithm uh-huh. on LinkedIn, and it's clear that that's that's a transgression. That's that's breaking the rule. Pods are are indeed. Um, so it's not a stretch to understand where they're coming from. So uh-huh. and, and from LinkedIn's perspective, anything artificial, anything trying to beat the system is a no no. Yeah. And I get that. So as soon as I heard that and I got that specific confirmation, I said to the pod uh, members, I said, "Okay, we're out." And, you know, it was it was nice doing it. And the big benefit for me was, you know, being closer, being brought closer together uh, as professionals in that endeavor. That was a, a very cool thing. And we're, we're all, you know, firm friends, firmer friends now having for having done it. Mm-hmm. But um, as I said, in terms of results, I, I just didn't see it. It didn't seem to help. And in fact, I'd go further that I think the algorithm was smart enough, was developing um, an ability to spot a boosted a pod boosted uh, post oh interesting okay. and, I th- and i think it could actually see that that was happening and if the same people are are continually um within the first five you know 30 minutes of a post uh, mm-hmm. are coming as you say with those short comments awesome this is terrific uh because they'll only be short because people are busy and they feel yeah. forced. It feels forced. It's like, oh, I have to, I have to boost Andy's. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Terrific, Andy. Well done. That was great. All right. Now let me do something else, right? And that was the other element because I mentioned that we were all different disciplines. Some of the stuff just wasn't relevant to me. And so when I'm commenting and I'm thinking, oh, I don't really want my tribe to coalesce around this because what, what has this got to do with my stuff, right? It's yeah. like, and there's that reluctance too. And there was some where. As a you know a, a, a content snob with very high standards, if I see a content which is weak, all right, or not as strong as my own, right? Because I'm arrogant to think it's 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 good sometimes. Yeah. Then there's another thing. Oh, do I really want to boost this? And that's the commitment you make, right? When you have yeah. this hundred percent commitment to, to boost yeah. uh, everyone's regardless. So mm-hmm. um, you know, you, not your morals go out the window, but your standards might go out the window a little as well. So you know, let's be clear. Pods are. Um, are not just the one type of, of uh, sort of collaborative boosting. There are others without calling them pods, right? I mean, I have a Facebook group, uh, which is basically all about LinkedIn, sharing LinkedIn expertise. And mm-hmm. I encourage all of those group members to uh, to post their latest LinkedIn post, right? There's no, there's no pressure, right? But that's, that's, that's a similar collaborative uh, impetus, right? Because, you posted mm-hmm. there, and it's but it's entirely up to you know the the folks there if they want to come on over to LinkedIn and say anything. But that's that's pod like. It's not a pod in name, right? Uh, another mm-hmm. thing you could do is I know that there are there are um, people who have the maximum of fifty in their LinkedIn Messenger, fifty contacts, first uh, connections, and they will regularly post their content in that that group text, and you uh-huh. know. The, you know the it's again that's pod like, so it's yeah, it's impact. like uh, spamming. Well, yeah. I mean, if you do it yeah. every day, it, it exactly. feels like spamming. Yeah, 
And then the third form, the third, I think, uh, common form of pod-like behavior is when you get an author who uh, will, again, habitually, right, this is a pattern, will um, add 12, 10 people in the tags, right? Oh, so yeah. they'll tag 10 or 12 people. Every every comment is, hey, uh, John, Lucy, Mick, uh, Jennifer, Fred, Alex, uh, I think yeah. this might be of interest to you. And you know, that that to me is is not organic. It's It's forced. And I, I dislike it. And I posted about it recently. I said, hey, mass tagging it has a high yuck factor. Uh, because I think I understand why people do it, but I, I dislike it. And I prefer I prefer my own stuff to be organic. If it succeeds on LinkedIn, then it, it wins because it's been, you know, people genuinely come on over yeah. or, you know, like it. How they come on over is another question, but they like it once they get there or they, they ideally they talk about it, right? Because conversations are, are, are so important around content. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I'm in, I'm okay. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I mean, tricking the system, if it's, you know, especially if it's against their rules, I mean, I definitely don't recommend that at yeah. all. Uh, so, uh, uh, and, and yeah, I agree. Mass tagging is very annoying. I had several people who were tagging me on almost every single post of theirs, and uh and it wasn't even relevant to me. So even right. if I wanted to, I couldn't really leave a comment because it had nothing to do with, with my expertise or, you know, yeah. my opinions. Like, you know, it was completely different industry and stuff. Right. Um, so so it's 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 not very uh, effective either if you're tagging irrelevant people as well. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, knowing the algorithm, how it works at the moment may help in a, tense, in a sense of, you know, if there are any hits, uh, hints or tips in terms of when to post, which formats do best and, you know, stuff like that, then maybe it will help with the decision-making process of the person who is deciding to, uh, to put something out there. Because I truly believe that the, ma- the same message can be shaped and, and formed into very different, you know, ways. And from that uh, perspective, the, the message value doesn't change and uh, you can repurpose it in different ways. So if the algorithm prefers a certain format, you can always have the same thing in that specific format just for, for, for that sake, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, 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 the concept of, of, of repurposing evergreen content, so content that um, has value regardless of how old or how fresh it, it is, is, mm-hmm. is, a, is a good, it's a good technique. And it's one that, you know, I, I will, uh, I think, have to do um, at some stage because I've written all of these posts uh, which have gotten a decent amount of engagement, uh, but they're quickly uh, forgotten. Right, they yeah. generally have a, a, a life of 12, 48 hours typically, and then that's it. They're they're forgotten in the uh, in the scroll in the feed, and th- so they're in other words, posts are like newspapers. They're uh, they're read today, maybe tomorrow, and then discarded. And articles are uh, are a, a much different uh, and much more different animal because they have uh, the ability to be indexed by uh, search engines. So. Yeah. I'm, you know, I must have easily, uh, I don't know, eight to ten articles that are ready to go, but they're in posts that are now like dusty and discarded. And particularly because I've done uh, what I call articles in a post wrapper. What do I mean by that? Well, my favorite form of doing posts is by doing a post plus a document. And that document can be many pages. 
Um, mm-hmm. And LinkedIn really makes it very easy for users to, to do this. Uh, makes it easy to write articles as well, by the way. You know, if you compare it to what you might have to do with a, a blog, all of the admin involved, it's super easy. They've, they've taken all of the all of the, the potential obstacles away. So, yeah, I've got uh, I've got all of this content that is has been in the, the short form content um, uh, um, style, and I could easily repurpose that and put it out as articles. And then I would get some index love, uh, search engine index love, and that's just something that I need to do on my to do list. Uh, so that's 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 a strong technique. Okay, interesting, because LinkedIn articles never worked for me. I don't know why, but, you know, even if I was chopping down the same article into two, three smaller pieces and putting the other two pieces as comments, yeah, it still worked way better than when I was putting it into an article with an yeah. image and, you know, it looked way, way nicer. So I don't know whether it was an algorithm thing. I, I presume it was because the content was identical in terms of, you know, the text. Um, so uh, I yeah. don't know. So uh, that that's an interesting point because uh, you, the 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 I think the the gut reaction is uh, it hasn't worked for me so therefore the algorithm doesn't you know doesn't like it doesn't <laughs> encourage it uh, so why doesn't the algo bot like articles it may have it may have a, a lot more to do with uh, your audience that if your audience is predisposed to reading uh, posts and doing that short oh, sharp yeah. quick short, sharp, quick thing. That's why posts are so effective, right? Because they're very easy to write. I mean, 1,300 characters, bam. Uh, you know, add a PDF, bam. And then you get that instant gratification, right, in that, yeah. in that short cycle. Uh, but yeah. these, these days, who has time to, to read articles, right? Who has time to sit down and watch, watch videos, right, 20-minute uh, videos? Uh, yeah. you know, catch, catch the replay when I've got time. So... I think it's it's very much user driven. All of this, right? If, but if we do have people watching us oh. already for half an hour. By the way, <laughs> yeah, good. That's that's good. I want. I, I'd like some questions, but um, uh, that's cool. Yeah. So, so that's the. I think that's the challenge. Is what I was saying earlier about you know my writing style is I'm very conscious of time, uh, the time I'm I'm requesting of my readers, and I know mm-hmm. they have. You know, it's a finite quantity, and they have they have other and perhaps better things to do. So I want to make sure that I'm giving them, you know, the goods, uh, and and that's the same with articles. It's the same with posts, video, frankly, whatever it is. It's got to have some, you know, inherent value. But a good friend of mine, um, Bruce Johnston, up in Toronto, he swears that you know the articles that he's written three, four years ago, he still gets. Uh, prospects right he still gets people uh, contacting him because google all the other search engines are basically doing that work for him uh because they 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 do a search they find it go oh bruce johnson yeah he knows his stuff uh i think i'll contact him so but you're right i mean most people you know are focusing on on posts because that seems to be where the action is Actually, not even the past. What works for me best, and like when I say best, I mean, my figures are relatively small, but when I say best, I mean like, you know, three times more than anything else are are uh, nicely designed, very short, uh, straight to the point slide decks. Yes, absolutely. You know, every time I put one up, I know it's going to perform better than anything yeah. else. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. it's strange, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's not like it's way more valuable, but probably it's kind of visually more appealing or uh, I don't, I don't know exactly why, but it always yes. works. Yes, absolutely. Um, 
I saw a, a good, um, it was a, essentially it was a one pager, but it, 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 um, it, it aggregated all the information about dwell time. And it was mm-hmm. just in one page and it was, it was well laid out and it was easy in the eye and easy to absorb. So it was like a poster. Uh, I forget the name for it now. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. But so that did very well. Right. But um, did it get as many comments as a post uh, where, you know, the post asks questions about it? Because that's one of my favorite techniques is to uh, is to actually draw out the lurker. Right. The, the mm-hmm. person who who is typically yeah. not going to engage. If you can get the lurker to, to vote. That's why I like polls. Right. I yeah. love polls because polls are like, oh, I just click on this. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. One click, uh, few seconds, yeah. and you, you, you contribute. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Polls, uh, polls work really well. Yeah. So, so polls work really well, but, but polls with that not only get the click, but also get the comment. So that's absolutely. why, you know, that's why you know, my third option is, is, um, is something designed specifically to get comments, right? Because agree, disagree, it's not going to get, it's not going to get many, many comments. But if you put A or B, uh, then there's, oh, so there's a gray area here. Well, let's explore the gray area. You know, what do you mean by this, Andy? And, you know, it can be something which is polemic, something that is, uh, you know, strong, strong views either side Um, and even badly designed polls. Right. Because if you do something wrong on LinkedIn, you better believe that someone's going to point that out to you. Oh, absolutely. Like if you do something wrong uh, publicly anywhere, it's it's definitely going to get noticed. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's probably a new, yeah, we can, we we can use it as a tactic actually. Like, you know, completely, (laughs) you know, not all, not all the time, obviously. No, no. I've certainly, I've made um, many errors, many errors, but um, yeah, whenever you you have someone who, who takes the time to comment, Thank you very yeah. much. You know, thanks very much for pointing out the error of my ways. Um, yeah, I, I think errors are part of, of showcasing that you are human too, because I really, really hate actually when uh, when people pretend to be perfect yeah. in their content, in the way they present themselves and kind of, you know, they, exactly. they polish everything, they post-produce everything, they over-post-produce everything. And it's it kind of, you know, uh, it, it, yeah. it intimidates your audience if your audience is not at your level because yes. they feel yes. like, you know, you're too perfect for, you know, and... and, and yeah. It's it's just discouraging, I think. Uh, you wanted uh, yeah. questions from the audience, so there well, you Adam, go. Uh, uh, yeah, let Adam, me try. Adam Posner just uh, I know Adam well. He, he interviewed me. Hi, Adam. Yeah, we yeah. connected with Adam just a few days ago, I think. Last LinkedIn, week. please. Yeah. I like it. Uh, okay, so the the comment is from Cyprian. Um, he's he's thanking for your experience and insights, and he's very interested. Uh, how to leverage different media for scientists to communicate their research outside of the academic circles. Wow. So research yes. is your thing. You should know. <laughs> yes. No. So, well, I, I personally, thank you for the question, Cyprian. I would, uh, I would definitely go with a text, um, rather a post with the, the PDF attached, because then you can, you can go to town. As I said, it's, it's, a, it's, it's the article in a, in a post wrapper. So you, mm-hmm. you can do that and then uh, you can repurpose, obviously, that as an article. So it's not like you're doing double work because you already have the, the information in, in the PDF. So I like it for those reasons. I encourage you to do that. Um, and, you know, as a scientist, I, I, would, I would not shy away from doing something creative, right? I would not shy away from doing, um, let's say, a Zoom call. 
and then loading that to LinkedIn. So you record the, the Zoom of having a panel of scientists discussing something, and then you put it on LinkedIn. Uh, you could do that. You could also do do what, what scientists are not expected to do in terms of, you know, write boring papers and share boring stuff, right? Think, think out of the box, think creatively. And then um, the other thing I'd actually encourage uh, Supri to do is to form a community is, uh, you know, LinkedIn groups are, uh, have gotten a bad rap for the, a long time uh, and deservedly so, in my opinion, because LinkedIn management uh, keeps on messing with them. Uh, it's, uh-huh. it's, 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 a, it's a long story, but it's, it's, that's, that's it uh, in essence. But it doesn't mean that it still isn't uh, a perfectly uh, functional way of building a tribe. So, you know, there's, you know, I would encourage Cyprian to think strongly about putting a group together, building a group which you can do in, in 10 minutes on LinkedIn. And then mm-hmm. he has a place, right, to have the, those discussions. And if they're on LinkedIn anyway, that's, too much of a, that's not too much of a reach, right, if your fellow scientists are already there. Then you yeah. get all, you know, you, you get notified. You can uh, then you know, be in control of the discussions, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a good place to meet. And it's a good place mm-hmm. to share. And then, you know, you can obviously talk uh, content ideas there too. Uh, and, you know, share what share what works and what doesn't. So I would say, yeah, do that. I would say think creatively as a scientist in terms of content strategy. Don't do the scientist thing. Try and do something else. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would say, I would say uh, form a group. And then I would also say reverse engineer. Look at other people who are already um, in the science biz, right, who are doing content well. And then figure mm-hmm. out why it's working well for them, and how you can uh, how that how you can use that to your benefit. Uh, those those three things: podcasts, absolutely podcasts, um, podcasts. As uh, Annie Annie knew uh, all all that time ago, uh, are all the rage, and they're all the rage because they're easily consumable, right? Um, because people will listen to them, and they'll be yeah. doing something else. They'll be driving to work, they'll be walking their dog, etc. They'll be preparing something in the kitchen. It's on in the background. And if your mind is, you know, tuned into that, then it's a great way to, you know, keep informed and just keep in touch with whatever yeah. the topic. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I I really love um, the podcasting format because, and, and in the beginning, it was purely audio podcast, and until now, audio kind of format is yeah. what is consumed most. Uh, and I think it's is you know, audio f- format really has. Uh, two main advantages first the one you mentioned that you know you can reach out people that you can't reach out in any other shape or form in terms of format because they they can't do anything else while they are jogging when they are in the gym when they're you know driving and all that stuff my listeners most of my listeners were listening to my podcast when they were commuting to work and coming back driving so obviously in that circumstances yeah. you, you can only do that right and the second thing is i still feel like you know putting a face to the voice is is good but i feel like the purely audio uh media is is one of the most intimate medias out mm. there and and uh it, it's just you know it, it it feels kind of you know where else you can basically talk to people's ears, like thousands of people's, just straight to their ear and, and get that attention span, right? So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think it's beautiful. Yes, and, and, and it's essentially you can't put on an act, right? You'd, you'd have to be a very good actor or actress to try and be something that you're not. 
So what you get on, you know, audio uh, on the on the screen is is what you get. What you see is what you get. Uh, I think that's uh, that's powerful in terms of your own branding, right? People like you if they like your sound, um, and they like what you say, um, etc. So absolutely agree with you. Yeah, and and I don't know many scientists who are doing podcasts, so you no. definitely stand out, Cyprian. It's a low, <laughs> it's a low barrier, Cyprian. Jump in, yeah, jump in, yeah, with two feet. absolutely. Just uh, yeah, and I know that he, uh, you know, um, that uh, if you have that technical kind of, I mean, I when I was starting, I, I had no idea how everything worked. I started from scratch. I did it all myself, and uh, it's not very. Uh, it's not very difficult to to do so you know if i i'm not a very techy person if i could do it I, i'm absolutely yeah. sure everyone else could, could do that too and all you need is a microphone basically it's not you don't even need to spend well, so much money on that so my, well my hat my, my hat's off to you uh, annie because uh you know, six years ago, I'm pretty sure it's not as easy as it is now. But even now, there were some some big head scratcher moments to me. You know, for example, I you know I had this idea that well, I just you know I just get a domain name and then I just host my audio there. And and then I read somewhere, well, no, you, you you can't host all of your audio on your own blog. That's that would fill it up uh, quickly. Yes. You need to use a third. <laughs> Okay, so I all right, so I need to see it. I need to use a service. If I use this service, how am I going to pull those audio files over to my blog? How am I going to serve them there and there? This is blowing my eyes. Well, well luckily, it, it is. I, I totally get that. But luckily enough, like now, there are so many more resources that, yeah. you know, first of all, kind of services that you could outsource uh, compared to six years ago. And second, resources to learn it yourself. Like six years yes. ago, there wasn't much around either. I was just lucky to, to, to become part of a community where people were starting out and kind of, you know, helping each other. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy who was more advanced. So um, it kind of went from there. But I think it's yes. just, all everything is all about decision so yes. you know when even back going back to linkedin if, if if you're trying and experimenting stuff and you see crickets uh it's it's just you know it's in the beginning we all had that like in in the beginning when i was launching the podcast my first fear was like what if no one listens mm. and 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 then you know you realize that you know what you know if if my you know my my podcast had a mission in the very beginning it was a very clear mission which yeah. was I want a person who dreams to have his name on a book cover um, to to end up with a book published right so that was kind of the mission and I realized like it doesn't really matter about the number if I end up with at least one or ten or whatever people who actually get from that point until the end then mission accomplished so i ended up with about 20 people who actually Mm -hmm. did that so the rest didn't matter and obviously you know it it grew with the time if if you are consistent uh on linkedin too you get consistency aspect that is very important yes uh, absolutely you know it's, it's what i was saying um earlier about um being an overnight success that took 10 years if if you're consistent then um if you take as an example the the tribe the people who will follow you uh, the reason they follow you is because you're consistently pushing out the same kind and the same quality of, of content. So if you continue to feed them in terms of their education, uh, their knowledge, uh, whatever it is they're seeking from you, then that consistency is key. So it, it, 
it, it, it boils down to, for me, it's the it's the the quality and the, the you know the type of content. And frankly, it's an easy one for me, isn't it? Because you know I'm a LinkedIn guy. I'm on the LinkedIn channel. So frankly, yeah. all of it, you know, everything I say, um, barring the opinionated stuff, uh, which you can take or leave, that should be of relevance. So now I have high relevance in theory on this channel. Uh, so that that certainly helps. Right. Um, but you said an interesting thing earlier. You said there was someone there was a guy more advanced than me and you were talking specifically about podcasting. So that that struck me as relevant because um, there's a guy called Ryan Roten who's been podcasting for a very long time as well. He interviewed me recently and very kindly gave me some tips. And one of the tips had to do with transcription. Um, and I mentioned, oh, yes, I was kind of dismissive. I said, yeah, I've got otter.ai. Otter I'm using them. And I thought I was all cool and, and sophisticated. Um, but then I, I saw something that he did, Annie, which was really neat, uh, which Otter doesn't have this capability. It's essentially it's, it's showing a short video of transcribed text. And, mm. it, oh, yeah, that's scripted, right? Script Ted. Is was the service he was recommending to me. So now I'm gonna I'm gonna cancel my Otter Eye subscription and I'm gonna use Scripted because he also then took the time to educate me about other things that Scripted uh, did, which Otter Eye uh, couldn't do. So for example, take the ums and the ahs out of transcription. Uh -huh. So it takes you know if you do transcription, it, it, what you're looking for is is software that just works. Right. The, the, yeah, I mean, I, I have issues with transcription services because uh, my my accent is not very easy to get uh, picked up. So then I okay. correct too many things. It takes a <laughs> so, long time. Yeah, it takes a long it time. Does. And, and in my course, case, yeah. it does. <laughs> so that's unfortunate. I mean, in terms of SEO, of course, if you want to get that, you know, the SEO love, then show notes are obviously going to be key. So that's something. Absolutely. Again, it's, it's something that I have to do. But thanks to Ryan and the the person who's a little more advanced than you are and has got that experience and is willing to share that experience with you you know that's that's tremendously useful because it cuts it cuts time down and it makes you oh, yeah. a, better, a better professional so and you don't make the same mistakes right yes. you just bypass the mistakes exactly. and you learn on others yeah yeah he could have he could have saved me five thousand hours in 10 years in 10 years <laughs> right yeah yeah absolutely no uh so so if, if we have to wrap it up, uh, uh, so LinkedIn platform, obviously, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's worth at least getting on it and experimenting. Absolutely. Uh, it's worth kind of, you know, trying to see how it works for you and, and trying to, to, to get an audience around you, drive them to, to uh, groups, maybe to have this community feeling and discussions and everything else. Uh, the interesting thing that everyone is trying to do uh, and not achieving very well, not everyone is achieving it very well, is, uh, you know, as soon as we see someone for whom something works, then you end up like seeing another 10, 15, 20 people who are doing almost the same, using mm. the same format or the same idea. And then it's, it doesn't work anymore because it's not them, whoever they are copying, right? right Finding right. that certain uniqueness of yourself and showcasing that the right way is what people are struggling a lot with so um do you have any any process on 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 how to do that like how do you let's say someone doesn't really know what's so unique or different about him so he could 
have it as part of his voice, his content, the way he presents himself on the platform? Yeah, it's a really, really good question. It's a tough one as well. I'm not sure. Um, I think, I mean, I get why people do the copycats. I understand why people might be inclined um, with, you know, to, to try and replicate someone else's success by doing more or less the same thing with with content. But I think I would go back to, um, I would go back to storytelling. I would try and think about, you know, what is what is your story and how do you develop that and how do you communicate that uh, mm-hmm. in a way that is both informative and interesting uh, and memorable. So if I take example, as an example, the about section, right? What used to be called the summary on, on LinkedIn. One of the yeah. things, one of the things I do, uh, you know, continually for my clients, and one of the things they they pay me for is I, I essentially I, I I distill and I tell their story. I figure out what's important in terms of mm-hmm. their professional objectives, and I and I write it for them. Uh, and you know, they like it because I manage to encapsulate. I manage to uh, figure out what makes them tick and what's important about them and what Mm -hmm. readers will be interested in reading about them. And in fact, decision makers will want to know about them in order to to take the next step. And, you know, that's what I do. And I think the same, the same uh, process uh, I think applies to people who are producing any kind of content on LinkedIn is start with the basics. You know, what is your story, right? Uh, is that is that an intrinsically interesting story? Yeah, it is, right? Because everyone's got something very interesting about them, right? Yeah. Uh, regardless of what, what you've done in life so far, even if you just started off as a graduate, you've got a story to tell because of your experience uh, to date. So figure out what your story is and what you what you want to share with people, right? And then figure out the best way to share it, right? Is that uh, via video? Is it a podcast? Is it uh, content, um, writing, etc. Uh, et, et, et right? F- figure about the channel, the best channel. So um, many options. Yeah, there are so many options. Right? For yeah. a, a, LinkedIn Stories coming right in Brazil, in in Holland, coming to the US soon. Right? So those those short oh, yeah. uh, those short videos, uh, Instagram stuff. So, yeah, now those channel. who are not happy with the, the Facebook element of it, with stories, oh, it will get even worse. They're gonna they're gonna go nuts. They're ju- jumping up and down nuts at just the prospects. <laughs> Why is this stuff in my stream? Well, do you can just scroll on by. You don't have to watch it, right? Um, and then some will start dancing and we will have TikTok coming in. No. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, absolutely. absolutely. You know, whatever works for you, it doesn't really matter about the criticism or other people. If, if it doesn't float your boat, then who cares, right? Change the channel. It just as long as it works for you, as long as you're comfortable doing it and you're getting something out of it. But yeah, figure out what your story is, find a, a great way to tell it. Um, and then keep doing that, right? Keep, keep telling different stories or, or, or different messaging, different, um, different, um, you know, different areas that you're interested in. If you're interested in it, sometimes that's enough. And then you'll find people who are some, uh, interested in, in, in it, for whatever reason, because it's it's interesting to them too. So we're all, you know, we're all we're all fascinating in our own right. We all have a huge variety of interests, and in theory, you know, there are enough uh, actions out there. There are enough people willing to comment and to, uh, if they find you, gather around you 
And then, I mean, some of the best relationships I've built have been around comments um, on, on my content because that's how I get to know people. And it, it's having that genuine dialogue, that genuine discourse around content. Uh, you know, I've called comments around around content. I've called them the new groups because that's what oh, they yeah. are. You know, you get uh, you get the same people coalescing, and then you get more people coming and say, "Oh, yeah, I, oh, I know, I know, you know, I know Andy. I don't know Andy. Who's this Andy guy?" But they're talking to each other. Well, maybe I'll jump in with my comment because I know it's, Andy. I'm, I'm comfortable doing I that. I totally so, agree. I totally yeah. agree because actually, sometimes my comments do way better than my content. My comments yeah. on other people's posts yeah. sometimes kind yeah. of you know trigger more dialogues than sure. my posts on my own timeline so and that and that <laughs> leads that leads to idea explosions right for other contents like oh well that comment makes me makes me think that this actually might be a great idea for a post so that you know that's how you learn you're just observing you're picking up on what people are interested in and primarily if if perp, if people are moving from lurker to commenter that's a victory that's a big big thing Oh, it is. Yeah, I absolutely. So again, going back and wrapping it up, it's all about engagement. It's all about genuine, good quality engagement yes. of people who, who you want to build relationship with. So it's it's all about people, you know, engagement, building relationships, being yourself, showcasing your uh, personality, because I think personality in content is very important as well. You have to showcase that. Yes. Um, and uh, and I guess it's just, yeah, as we said, persistence and, mm -hmm. and pushing it forward. No, yeah. overnight success is uh, is something it's, that many want happen. to leave the impression of, yeah. but, you know, it, yeah. it never happens. So it's, we all it's have. It's not real. <laughs> yeah, it's not real. There's There's been a lot of crap content before you see people succeeding for sure. And then be comfortable in your own skin, right? Embrace, oh, yeah. who, you, embrace who you are, smile. Uh, you know, get along with as many people as you can, but you know, just be be and do you. Yeah, and you don't have to be perfect because no, no one is. So no. don't, just don't even try. Exactly. Okay. Well, Andy, it was a big pleasure to talk to you. Thanks a lot. It was very very useful. I'm sure that people who are considering to get on board now they have enough information and enough knowledge so. to start. Uh, and those who have started can kind of, you know, step up the game as well. So, uh, yeah, thanks a lot for your time. And uh, for everyone who was watching, thanks for sticking around. And, uh, yeah, if you want to, to get more of those episodes and not miss anything, please make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. And if you leave me a review, you'll make my day as well. So, yeah, there you go. Okay, thanks a lot. Take care. Mm -hmm.